podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 1964 and Tokyo staged officially the second Paralympic Games. 2021 and a year later than planned, the Japanese are once again welcoming the movement and the second time paratriathlon has been part of the Games. This last couple of months, we've been sort of ripping up project plans and redoing project plans. I just can't wait to see them compete in Tokyo. It'll be a really proud moment. They've just taken all the stress away from us. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and that is such a fortunate position to be in. Everyone, I think, is really appreciative of Japan and hosting the Games and just really looking forward to going out there and trying to show what everyone can deliver. This is another special edition of the podcast, and aptly the third for British triathlon. Germany's Martin Schultz was the history maker in Rio, winning the first ever paratriathlon gold medal in 2016. Five years on, and now eight British paratriathletes will be on the start line for Paralympics GB in Tokyo, going for gold themselves. Coming up, we'll hear from them on the challenges ahead, not only in relation to a global pandemic, but preparing for the moment of their lives at Paralympic Games. We'll also hear from the woman in charge for Great Britain during the two-week festival of sport, Chef de Mission Penny Briscoe. And throughout the pod, I'm delighted to be joined by now five-time Paralympian and Rio gold medalist Claire Cashmore, who switched from swimming to triathlon after 2016, and it says here has taken the sport by storm, both domestically and internationally, by winning three British championships, two European silver medals, and becoming world champion in 2019. Welcome, Claire, and congrats on another selection. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. How does it feel? Yeah, a little bit surreal still, I think. Definitely on that on that day that we finally got told that we've been selected. It was quite emotional. I think it just suddenly was like, actually, this is happening. Um, and, you know, I, I am going to be competing in my fifth Paralympic Games, which is... Which is Something that I never, ever imagined, I think, as a, as a young little girl, which had that dream. You know, it, I never thought I'd compete at five Paralympic Games. So, yeah, it's definitely a dream come true. So can I ask you, what are the five? Can you rattle them off? Yes. So Athens, Beijing, London, Rio and now Tokyo. Just on the fact that you switched from swimming to triathlon. Why? Why was the big switch? You just won a, a gold medal. Yeah, I, I think I was becoming a bit stale. Um, I was doing everything I possibly could in the water and in the pool and outside the pool. And it just was, I wasn't really progressing in the way that I wanted to. Um, and I just fancied a bit of a change. I felt like I'd lost that little bit of love for swimming. Um, and triathlon is always something that I wanted to give a go. Um, particularly, you know, it had its debut back in Rio and I was like, right, I, I need to, I need to try this out. Um, I ran as a kid, so I thought, just need to learn how to ride a bike. That'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah, took that massive jump outside my comfort zone, dived into the deep end and yeah, gave it a go. And when you switched in 2016, did you ever think you'd be world champion before the next Paralympics? No, definitely not. I think it was a complete whirlwind, that race. Um, you know, things weren't going my way at the beginning of the race. I, I came out of the water quite a bit behind and definitely was beating myself up and you know almost thought mentally I'd given up I thought I'm, I've not got this I'm too tired whatever and it's just amazing how things can change in a race and particularly that's the real big difference in triathlon to swimming is it's a longer race and so much can happen and you literally can't give up until you finish cross over that finish line so yeah it, it definitely changed around and taking that world title was just phenomenal 
Well, we're going to talk more about you and the Paralympics as we progress. I'd like to get your thoughts and advice, Claire, throughout the podcast. Sue, are you okay to stick with us? Yeah, I'm excited for this. With the Paralympics now just days away, what does Tokyo have in store for our para-triathletes? Let's hear from Paralympics GB chef de mission Penny Briscoe, but first head coach for the Paralympic programme at British Triathlon, Johnny Ryle. It's felt like a really long time coming, and I think over the last couple of years, it was a day that I didn't know whether we would, we would get to at all or not. Um, but we persevered, and athletes have, on the whole, just been able to find a, a relatively new normal to their daily training, and they've worked so hard with, I guess, just trust in the system, trust in Penny's team, trust that the games would go ahead, and yeah, it's a it's a really, really proud day to get to announce the team for the, the second time. Penny, what have been some of those challenges that you and your team have had to work through to get to this point and to start being able to name the team for the Paralympics? I mean, it's been a, a tumultuous 16 months, really, from the Games firstly being postponed and, and then obviously very quickly getting the new date. Uh, which was fantastic um, and gave us something to, to aim for. I think that what we spent most of last summer doing was almost recalibrating and um, just reviewing our plans. Were they still going to be the right plans for a, a year a year in the future? Um, and the priority throughout this last 16 months has been obviously on performance, um, but also in terms of health and well-being. So we've been working with the, the team leaders. I mean, the team leaders have done and their teams have done a fantastic job in terms of creating daily training environments that have been safe and secure throughout the pandemic. And then what we've been doing as a Paralympics GB is looking at the, that run into the Games and how do we translate the, you know, health and wellbeing uh, countermeasures to, to ensure that the Games environment that we create is equally uh, safe and secure for the athletes and, and staff. So it's been a massive operational logistical challenge and even in you know this last couple of months we've been sort of ripping up project plans and 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 redoing project plans so whether it be the the period of stay where the organizing committee are saying you can only come to the games five days before that clearly has an impact on flights so it's been it's been a massive operational undertaking um, and our, you know we've got a world leading ops team thankfully and and um, at the moment, they've got their sleeves rolled up looking at testing programmes and 14-day activity plans. So the administration uh, has been phenomenal. Uh, and that will, that will go all the way through the Games now, clearly. So it's not a normal Games in, in terms of um, what we've been doing in this run-in. Um, but I think that, you know, plans are on track. And to Johnny's point, you know, we've got a really, really exciting team that, that is starting to grow. And all of the athletes are looking forward to going to Tokyo. And that's the main thing. Johnny, tell us about the makeup then of your team. There'll be some very familiar names there. People like Claire Cashmore, of course, we've seen her in swimming. You've got other medalists from Rio like Lauren Stedman and Alison Pease Good as well. So what can you tell us about the, the cohort you've selected? Yeah, it's um, the team is pretty much split, sort of almost half and half of, of athletes who have experienced triathlon of the Games. Like you said, we've got George, Lauren, Melissa, Alison and actually Hazel, one of our guides, is, is coming back to guide again. And then we've got complete new athletes, so Fran Brown, Michael Taylor, just to name two, um, who've never been to a Paralympic Games. And, you know, they've worked incredibly hard in, in this sport, which was their, their first Paralympic sport, and have delivered medals throughout their kind of three or four years in the sport. Someone like Michael is just 
improving all the time and has come out this year and has, has meddled in the three races he's done and uh, earned his own spot at the Games. And then I think it's an interesting sport triathlon because then we've got, like you said, we've got Claire Cashmore, but also Claire's partner, Dave, who started out their career as swimmers. Now, Claire was pretty recently a swimmer. She was a swimmer in Rio and has made that transition over very successfully. She's the reigning world champion um, and going to a, 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 going to the Paralympic Games in a new sport for the first time in her career. Um, somebody like Dave, he was a swimmer in 2008 and the determination and I think triathlon requires that of you. You've got to get out and you've got to want to put in just endless hours of training. He tried to qualify for the Games in London as a swimmer and just missed out. And the first time I met Dave was at the back end of 2012 at a, a talent ID workshop. He became world champion in 2013 because he was his athletic kind of prowess was already there. Um, his category wasn't selected for Rio and he had a, a big decision to you know, is that me done? Is that is that kind of my effort done? And, and it wasn't. And he kept training. He went and, and learned how to run very, very fast. And he's come back to us. He came back um, onto program before he knew whether his, his category was going to be at the Games in Tokyo. And just that absolute trust to put yourself in that position again and know it might all come crumbling down. And thankfully for David hasn't. And, um, you know, his his win in Leeds at the World Series in Leeds was was dominating. And I, I genuinely, for, for somebody like him and everybody else, I, I just can't wait to see them compete in Tokyo. It'll be a really proud moment. What can you tell us about what classifications, what categories we are going to see in Tokyo? Yeah, so the, the sport is going to compete across... Um, across four categories, men and women, and they're slightly different categories, men and women. So we're, we're at a point where almost all of the categories are represented. It's a really broad Paralympic sport. So we have athletes, um, what we would call our PTWC, so paratriathlon wheelchair group, and they compete swim, bike and run there. Just bike and run is slightly different. They use a hand bike and a racing chair. So two sports which are really familiar to a, to a Paralympic audience. They just do them back to back. And Every other rule is exactly the same. They have to go through full transitions and it's the first across the line. And we then go through the, almost the whole spectrum. We have above knee amputees, below knee amputees, arm amputees, um, athletes with cerebral palsy, all the way through to our visually impaired class, which this time round is represented in both the male and, and female class. And again, it's it's swim, bike and run, but with the team dynamic of, of racing with a guide. And that's how we approach it. It's um, It's not about kind of trying to find the world's fastest guide it's about trying to create the world's quickest team and uh we've learned a huge amount having had the the women in rio to get the men in into tokyo and get to work with a, a new set of guides has been uh exciting and a challenging journey to, to find people who are going to work together day in day out and kind of go through that that journey together um but yeah the, the entire spectrum we've got a broad range of kit and equipment and different legs and different arms and challenges when it comes to adapting bikes and still trying to make them aero and ride fast and all of those things that come as standard on Olympic programs. We just add a whole, a whole layer, but it's kind of what we do. And to me, to be honest, it's part of the excitement of the, the Paralympic side of triathlon, really. And Penny, what are your reflections on the fact that Paratri came in, in in 2016? This is the second time it's being held. Is it a sport which sits nicely on the Paralympic stage, in your opinion? Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm a sort of a fan. I was there with Johnny in, in Rio. Um, it, you know, it's, it's such an exciting sport, isn't it? Um, and we're, we're sort of uh, closer to home. Both my kids compete. And the reason that, that we as a family got into triathlon is that swim, bike and run are pretty fundamental life skills. You know, if you can swim, you can ride a bike and you can run, you can exercise for life. Uh, and it's just then the skill of putting those uh, three disciplines together with two 
transitions. So there's, you know, wherever you look, there's excitement, you know, the open water swim, the transition onto bike, um, you know, who can, who can get their shoes on quickest and get out, get out onto the run course first. It's, it's a brilliant sport. Um, and as Johnny said, there's a breadth of disabilities that are in, included in the sport. Uh, and I think from a para perspective, that's really important. And we know that in Rio, of course, 147 medals for Paralympics GB, 64 gold, second in the overall medal table. So you are, are you expecting, Penny, these para triathletes to be bringing home the bling, as they say, this time around again? I think that the most important thing is that throughout the pandemic, these guys have stayed fit and well. Uh, they've trained consistently. There's been lots of innovation, whether it be tethered swimming, running on treadmills, uh, virtual racing on Zwift. So I think the adaptability of the athletes and and their support teams has, has been critical in terms of keeping Tokyo ambitions on track. And then I think what we've seen, and, and not just in Paratri, but across uh, the, the sort of myriad of, of the 19 sports that will be uh, represented in, in Tokyo, is that performances are looking very strong, both at national level and at international level. We've seen some stunning performances over the last couple of months. And with, you know, counting the days down to the opening ceremony, we know that of the 230 athletes that were taken across the 19 sports, there is so much talent um, and I think that you know we will we will be celebrating medal success without doubt. So final word to you Johnny you see these athletes day in day out everyone happy everyone well everyone looking forward to what we hope will be a, a safe and successful games. Yeah I think uh, you know the, la- the last few weeks has been pivotal and I think seeing our Olympic counterparts the spirit in the camp is incredibly high um, and I think, again, it's testament to um, the challenge that we've gone through in the last couple of years. It's um, people talk about the, you know, these games might not be quite what other games are. And I think it couldn't be almost more opposite, really. I think the amount of work people have had to put in will make the outcome incredibly special. Um, we took the biggest team to Rio and we're not taking the biggest team to Tokyo. And that was a purposeful decision. We have... Uh, acknowledge that in Paralympic sport, when you come in as a new sport, your second games, your third games, performances go up. And we chose to be this, the, the nation that really, really tried to drive performance on. So we're taking eight athletes and three guides, all of which in the qualification period have, have medaled at the highest level through World Series races, World Championships. And I think we've got a team who, what I'm seeing, are in great shape. Um, the preparation that Penny's team have put in, the preparation that my team has put in, um, I'm excited by what we can do out there. And I think it will be a different game, but an incredible one. Johnny Ryle and Penny Briscoe. Now, Claire, you've been to four games before. As Penny said, plans are being ripped up and rewritten. Have you the confidence in ParaGB and the organisers? Oh, 100%. I think we are so incredibly lucky to be supported by... The BPA, um, I think they've just taken all the stress away from us. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes and that is such a fortunate position to be in. Um, We can just get on with our our daily job um, and train, control the controllables whilst they sort out the logistics. And it is the same with British Triathlon. Um, Johnny has been an amazing help in just reducing that stress and just getting on and cracking on with all, all those things to make it is stress-free as possible for us when we get out there. I'd like to know your relationship, firstly, with the head coach of, of British Triathlon and Paratriathlon. How does that work? 
Yeah, so Johnny, Johnny is a fantastic head coach. He is such an approachable guy that would just you can go and talk to for absolutely anything um and I think that is something that's really special in British triathlon that there's that real family community but also we get the business done we get the the job done at the same time and and he really makes you feel comfortable but also at the same time is pushing you on to produce your best performance so yeah he, he is absolutely fantastic at the job and it's been a real pleasure to work alongside him it's a really fancy title, Chef Demission, but it basically means that she's in charge. Penny's done it before. You've obviously worked with her. For people who are listening, who may be going to their first Paralympics, what's the relationship between a chef and an athlete? Again, Penny is super, super approachable. She's the kind of person that is always there, always around the team. She wants to be involved. You know, she, she has probably one of the most important jobs there, so she could quite easily be distant and away from everybody, but she really immerses herself in, in the team environment. And for me, I, I've known her quite well. I've known her for quite a while. Um, I was part of the BPA Athletes Commission and she was always coming in so enthusiastic, so inspiring. And you just, you listen to her when she gives those talks at, you know, the selection day and all those kind of stuff. And you're just like, wow, yes, this is all real. Like the, the goosebumps come up because you get really excited by, by the inspiration, the motivation she gives you. Thanks, Claire. Do stay with us. We are joined by Claire Cashmore, British triathlete, now five-time Paralympian throughout the podcast. As we've heard, alongside Claire, there's seven other para-triathletes off to Tokyo for Paralympics GB, a mixture of experience in Rio, silver medalists Lauren Stedman and Alison Peasgood, and Melissa Reed, who won bronze in 2016. Nikki Bartlett and Hazel McLeod are the visually impaired guides for Alison and Melissa. George Peasgood returns for his second games and former swimmer Dave Ellis with guide Luke Pollard alongside debutants Fran Brown and Michael Taylor. We'll hear from Dave and Michael in a moment. But firstly, Alison and George Peasgood, not siblings as such, but related through marriage, in case you were wondering, on their second games and the growth of Paratri since Rio. I think everyone's just, especially after the last couple of years, just just enjoying racing and getting out there and just showing kind of all the training and work that's done over the last year and a half. So everyone, I think, is really appreciative of Japan and hosting the Games and just really looking forward to going out there and trying to show what everyone can deliver. Alison, is it an honour to represent Paralympics GB and British Triathlon? Yeah, definitely an honour. Like, it was such a special feeling being part of that bigger Paralympics GB family in Rio. And, yeah, I'm really looking forward to being able to do that again. Like, just getting the kit and that sort of sense of feeling like you're one big squad is something you'll never be able to, like, get anywhere else. When we went into the village after we competed last time, like, everyone, you were in the same kit, so everybody talked to each other, like, and you were all excited about everybody's journey and how everyone was getting on. It felt like, yeah, this huge team that you know a big community really it was awesome it is just kind of a bigger community it's like when fam- loads of different families all come together and it's yeah it's one big community and like then there's like daily briefings on how the rest of the british lot's doing and everyone just kind of all joins in the same hype and it is special and you don't get it anywhere else We'll talk more about Tokyo and the Paralympics coming up in a moment, but let's reflect a little, first of all, then with you, Alison. How do you look back on your experiences and your medal that you won in Brazil five years ago? I have very mixed emotions of of Rio. Like, 
the atmosphere, like nothing compares to it. Like the streets of Copacabana being lined and everyone cheering you on. It was a feeling that I'd never, ever had before. And yeah, like winning a medal when you're home and you can reflect on it does feel amazing. But for me, ultimately, I didn't have the race I necessarily wanted. I like struggled, got very sunburnt on the bike. And when I got onto the run, I couldn't deliver the run race that I wanted. And so you kind of, although you're happy that you've you've meddled on this big stage, there's still that, but I didn't deliver exactly what I wanted. So like going forward, it's that, well, no matter what happens, I want to at least feel proud of my performance, that I did everything that I could to swim, bike, run the best as I could. And does that drive you on now and drive you forward and as one of the things that's kept you going for the past five years? Yeah, I think it's probably the main thing that's kept me going is I want to leave, like, you know, leave the games knowing that I, yeah, I did everything that I, I did improve, improve my swim and I improved my riding and improved my running. Like, that's ultimately what, what we do this for. And George, do you think Brazil, do you think Rio hosted a good Paralympics? 100%. Uh, yeah, it's just like you could definitely feel the atmosphere and the, um, the amount of passion and support that the Brazilian people gave was phenomenal. And yeah, as I said, we've, we've never had, before or since uh, Rio, a race like it, um, where the whole the whole bike course was lined with people, we've never had that. It's, um, it's rare, especially within para sport. Um, but yeah, Brazil hosted a fantastic games. And how important, George, was it to get para try on the program, get it into the Paralympics? It was really good that we managed to get in there and. We've now got more medal events than we did in Rio, so it's, it's growing, um, and hopefully we'll get more after Tokyo. So it's just really good that we'll be able to show more, more athletes and have more, more medal events, um, and just hope it can improve again. Because Alison, there is this thing sometimes where people that compete in disability sport get called Paralympians, but actually they're not always a Paralympian. An IPC championship is not the Paralympics. Does that irk you at all? <laughs> it's a funny one isn't it like yeah ultimately it's special to be able to call yourself a Paralympian and it's taken a lot of hard work to get there so yeah like there is a big difference between being a Paralympian and being a disabled person who competes at an international level it's the pinnacle of your sport so it is a special thing to be able to call yourself and do you think that Paratri needed to be on the Paralympic program as George kind of said and hinted at to help that growth to bring maybe the sport to people that hadn't seen or heard about it before because suddenly now it is on that big stage yeah definitely like i think our sport is so unique compared to lots of other disability events like the fact that there's so much going on like you know how do people with a like a visual impairment get out to swim and how do they then get on to you know like communicate with their guy to bike and run and how does someone with a leg get out the swim and onto a bike like it's quite a unique sport and I think it's great now that it is on an international stage even when we were competing at Leeds this year like the amount of people watching asking questions and then going well how does that person do that and that's what you want to get out there like you want to see get it to a wider audience and George that education is a huge part of it and I guess without the platform of the Paralympics that education piece is is harder to put across isn't it yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of getting more people aware of, of para-athletes, para Paralympic sports, and just how people adapt and overcome things as well. So let's look ahead then. You're both in the team for Tokyo. Um, exciting times, but George, a different kind of build-up. We know a 12-month delay. 
We know, obviously, that some of the protocols are going to be a bit different for you guys this time around. Is that fair? Yeah, like, obviously, with the last year and coronavirus and everything, everything is going to be different, but there's a lot of measures being put in place to make sure it's a safe games. Um, and we're very confident that what we're doing and where we're going is going to be a safe environment. And Alison, I remember someone saying to me when they got selected for a team that they were just so happy because you guys get really looked after. British Triathlon, of course, Paralympics GB will do everything they possibly can to get you guys to the start line. Do you feel that support behind you? Yeah, I definitely feel that support. Like it's just the all the coming together. Like even just this whole year, the amount of support we've had to make sure we could keep training when other like facilities were shut. Like it's been absolutely incredible and now we get to say thank you by competing and you know delivering the races that we all like deserve and want and that is a big thank you to the support that we've had to get us there tell us how the relationship works Alison then between you and your guide yeah obviously it has to be quite a special relationship because trust is such a big part of it and communication and so obviously when we swim I can't see that higher person next to me so I'm relying on feeling the tether that's between us and Nikki like tapping me to tell me when I'm turning and things so I'm relying on external communication and then on the tandem it's the same thing like just the more you've done with each other you're just so relaxed on that bike and you know that you're gonna go fast which is pretty cool feeling and then yeah again on the run like we're tethered together so communication Nikki telling me what's happening in the race what's happening underfoot um it's so important so again it's the key things with that is is trust and communication. And George, it's not been a time without challenges. We all know that. But will some of those challenges feel worthwhile when you get to that start line? Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, as long as like as long as people are there in good shape and good spirit, I think you can only do what you can on the day. Um, there have been a lot of challenges and ups and downs over the last 12 months, but I think a lot of the guys on the Paratri team, um, we've made the most of it and we have pushed on where possible and everyone has made some gains. So it'll be really exciting to see how everyone does. And I wouldn't put either of you on the spot in terms of medal targets, but getting to the start line, Alison, safe, healthy and doing your very best out there, that's all we can really ask. Yeah, definitely. I think there's still loads to come, loads of hurdles to get over before we get to that start line. So as you say, like when you're there, you're on the start line and I'm with my guide, knowing that we can just deliver the best race we can. I'll be proud of that. Alison Peasgood, George Peasgood, Claire, you're a world champion yourself, but... You can kind of understand when I say to you, do you look up to those guys? Oh, 100%. I think they've all achieved so much in the sport and in so many different ways. And and those guys have been the one that have broken down the barriers and they, they've raised the bar. Um, you know, the fact that paratriathlon only came around for the first time in Rio and that they both competed there. And I think it's fantastic to see the level they've put the sport at. And I would love to be able to follow suit and do the same thing. Hi, I'm Hazel McLeod. I am a guide for Melissa Reed, um, and we compete in the visually impaired category in paratriathlon. Um, and we're going to be racing in Tokyo. I guided Alison, now Peacegood, um, to silver in Rio in the paratriathlon. The role of a guide, I would definitely say, is is twofold. You've got the racing elements um, and then you've got the, the outside of competition, the, the training and the general being around each other um, element as well. So with regards to the racing, it's, it's really you're tied together. 
you need to get them safely around the swim course, whether that's tapping them in the head at boys, out on the bike on a tandem. So you definitely need to have those those bike handling skills um, on a tandem and being as powerful as you can. And then onto the run, it's very much uh, a coaching role, I would say, and a bit of, of sort of visual helps and cues, um, but mainly really making sure that they're staying positive um, on the run. And, and that's really, you can help with that as a guide. Um, you can have a, a massive amount of impact on, on your athlete I tend to try and be as positive around the athletes as, as possible because I feel like that's that's beneficial going into a race. So me and Melissa don't spend very much time together at all, um, to be honest. She lives in Cornwall. I live in Scotland, um, so it's a very, very, very long way apart. We've tried this year to basically have a few chunks of a few weeks together um, where we've got like a focused training um, environment um, for those few weeks. I'd say myself and Melissa get on very well outside and inside of racing and training. Definitely when it comes to training, it helps, I think, to be open and honest with each other if you have that relationship, um, and then racing as well. Um, if you if you get on, if you if you know each other kind of inside and out, I think I think that helps um, sort of know what each other's going to do in a, in a race situation as well. You are not allowed to pull and lead the athlete for the majority of the race. So much so in Rio that we had guys on bikes on the run, and as soon as as soon as I inched ahead of Alison at any point, I got told off. Competing in Rio, the first time paratriathlon was in the Games, was very, very special. I felt very, very privileged, um, especially because it was just such, um, such an amazing team um, that GB had out there as well. I felt very privileged to be part of that. So yes, the guys do get medals. It's in a really, really, really cool sort of round box that's meant to represent, I think it's a seed, um, and it's, it's made from wood from the surrounding rainforest of Rio. And um, it's meant to symbolize the growth and development of, of the athletes. But I, I randomly, I keep mine on top of our um, bookshelves in our front room. Um, I, really, I should really do something more with it, to be honest. I'm really excited about Tokyo. I'm feeling very privileged that it's actually going ahead um, and that we're all going to be able to go out there in a safe fashion. Just excited to get out there and get on with it. Now, Claire, cards on the table here. There's a very special reason why I know you're excited about one of our next guests (laughs) as we look ahead to the Paralympics with British Triathlon. Tell us about Dave. Oh, what? where to start? <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> yeah, no, D- Dave and I have been together for quite a while. So we actually um, got together after Beijing uh, when he was a swimmer, actually. So he says I followed him into triathlon. I'm like, no, no, that's not right. I was the one that encouraged him to go into triathlon, knowing full well that one day I would go there as well. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's been amazing to be back on a team together and to be able to share that experience of going to Tokyo, going to the Paralympic Games, particularly for him, who's had such a rough ride and, you know, overcome so much in, in this last 12 years, it, it will be incredible to experience, experience that amazing experience together. So, like Claire, Dave was a swimmer competing in Beijing 2008. Now, 13 years on, he goes in his first paratriathlon at the Games. He recently won the World Triathlon Para Series in Leeds with teammate and fellow Tokyo-bound Michael Taylor in second place. I'll start with you then, Dave. Congratulations, obviously, on being named in another Paralympic squad. But for you, obviously, a brand new sport in terms of the Paralympic Games and Paratri. How does it feel to be part of Paralympics GB? Oh, yeah, it's uh, 
amazing yeah um such an honor and like just been trying to get back to the uh kind of the pinnacle of the sport for a few years and yeah finally to get there is just such an honor and so so happy and you too michael obviously named this is going to be your first experience of a games what went through your mind when you knew that selection was official i i was so excited um it's obviously something i've been dreaming about for like a few years now so yeah to actually get there is an incredible feeling um and like it's kind of just made like the last few years of training and everything and like i just feel like i've done like uh like family and all the support i've had like done it justice <laughs> so tell us michael how you found and discovered the sport i lost my leg in 2016 and prior to that i used to like swim a lot and do sports like surf life saving and stuff but i wasn't really into sort of triathlon uh, but just like in hospital and stuff, I just did quite a lot of research online. Um, and it was in 2016, the year of the Paralympics. So I was able to watch a lot of the sports on TV. And I was like, ah, oh, I'd like to give that a go. I'd like to give that a go. I saw like, um, saw paratriathlon um, and I had a look online and British triathlon had like a try for Tokyo day. Like just like you could go down and try it and test it out in Loughborough. Um, so I signed up for that and turned up to that Um in the February, I think, of 2017. And that's where it all started, really. And Dave, obviously, you have had some experiences of the Paralympics before, as we know, but it was as a swimmer last time. How do you look back? What do you recall from your time in Beijing? Oh, it feels like such a long time ago. Um, and yeah, such a different sport. I mean, that was obviously indoors and um, none of the outdoor elements. Uh, I remember it being just an awesome, awesome atmosphere which will be obviously be different this time because of no spectators but yeah it really drew me into the sport and what made me want to get there again and um so happy that it's finally happened so tell us a little bit about why the switch to paratriathlon came about um well i missed the team for london in swimming in 2012 um it's pretty close to making it but it's pretty hard to take and just needed a new challenge, some another direction to go in. And triathlon wasn't really on my radar, but um, yeah, I came to like a testing day and did quite well. And I was like, oh, give it a go. And then really just fell in love with it. I just, uh, yeah, really love the sport. And you didn't get to go to Rio because your classification wasn't included in the game. So tell us a bit about that classification system and, and what you're going to be able to compete in this time. That's right, yeah. Um, obviously, triathlon being such a new and emerging sport in para, um, there's only limited medal events. Um, and, and last time, mine, unfortunately, didn't make it. And obviously, this time, other categories have missed out. Um, so I'm really happy that... Luckily, mine's in this time and hopefully next time. But um, yeah, it's a, or hopefully we get more medals because I think the sport deserves to grow. It's doing a great job of getting like disabled people into it. And um, I think any any abilities can get in, any d- different disabilities can get in. And it really is, um, yeah, a great sport to be in. And Michael, what can you tell us about your classification and the event that you're going to be in when you get out to Japan? Um, so I'm in uh, the PTS4 classification, which is like a mild to moderate impairment. So for me, like a below knee, um, amp- single below knee amputation or like above knee, above elbow amputation or similar sort of class or similar sort of disability. Um, so yeah, so that's my classification. And, and the majority of people are, are um, yeah, have a below knee or above elbow. And there's a few, I think maybe like CP, 
maybe like nerve damage. Was the Paralympics ever on your radar at the start or was that just something that seemed a long way off? It was about fun and the challenge initially. Uh, yeah, obviously it was something I was like, like, I think everyone, I think my family and friends probably more so than me. Like I remember as soon as that after everyone was like, oh, I'll see you at the Paralympics. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, it was definitely something like I was like looking towards and thought would, would be like a good aspiration. I didn't know if it quite happened this year or, but it was definitely maybe towards Paris or something like that. So um, yeah, it was hundred percent something I was, I was interested in. And I guess for you, Dave, getting back to that Paralympic stage, getting to the pinnacle, if you like, in the sport was something that you were desperate to do, having experienced it once in China. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, it's such a great experience. And uh, yeah, like you say, the pinnacle of the sport, you want to be there, you want to test yourself against the best competitors on the biggest stage. And and this Paralympics is it for us. And Michael, just sort of tell us a little bit. You've never been to a Games before, but you feel it won't be quite the event that maybe you watched on television five years ago? Well, I don't know. I still think it's going to be pretty incredible. Um, Obviously, I won't know any different when I go. So for me, it's going to be great, whatever it is. Um, And I still think like the support and encouragement from home and um, and like and the Japanese, I'm sure they'll do an incredible job organising it. Dave, obviously you did get to compete with some fans in place in Leeds. How was that and how much confidence do you take from that performance going over to Tokyo? Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, the, the home support was fantastic and uh, it was a really great atmosphere in uh, Ran Hay Park, especially like in the tree-lined area. The noise just kind of echoed through and you felt like there was a lot, even more support was there than there, there was. But... Um, the performance was good uh, diff- very different course obviously a lot more hilly in Leeds uh, yeah different kind of climate and um, it does give us confidence but yeah Tokyo will be a different challenge it's uh, hot humid yeah <laughs> really we're trying to get you ready for it but yeah, it'll be a tough race I'm interested as well about how you and your guide work together does it feel a little bit like a team event in a way for you yeah definitely yeah um Obviously, coming from swimming is quite individual, but it, I really enjoy the the team aspect, like you say, of uh, of me racing with the guide. Um, and yeah, we both got a. It's almost like we both got to work together to find the best, or the quickest way to get to the line. Um, and yeah, we train together every day, do loads of stuff on the tandem, swim together, and all these sort of things, just to make sure. Yeah, we on race day will be uh, yeah working well together. Yeah, I was going to ask, how many hours a week do you guys spend together? Do you spend more time with your guide than you do with Claire, for example? <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah, so at certain points in uh, in training blocks, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, we do spend a fair bit of time together, just, you know, building that relationship and that understanding together, I think is key. You just need to have uh, so much trust in a guy that's on the front of the tandem when you're going like 30 mile an hour, you just need to be uh, fully confident with them and uh, definitely helps. Well, good luck to both you guys. Enjoy it. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you with some gold medals in your back pocket when you return. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's really nice speaking to you guys. Michael Taylor and Dave Ellis. Claire, do you remember your first games? Michael's about to go to his. Yeah, I, I really do. I think Athens was so special in so many ways. It was just that, for me, it it just 
gave me the love and it gave me the bug to want to go again. Um, and it also gave, taught me so much about myself in, in such a weird way. Like I felt like it was a real turning point for me in my life in terms of gaining confidence in, in my own skin, but also as an athlete. So I think it will be an incredible experience for Michael. And he, the, the one bit of advice I would say is just to soak it all up. It's it's so easy to just let it go by um, in a flash. And I definitely think I did that in Athens rather than taking in every moment and just being really present when you're there. Um, because we work so blooming hard for this one event that happens every four years or five years in this instance. And you never know if you will ever get to go again. So make sure you enjoy it. And we can't let you go, of course, without asking about your hopes, your dreams for Tokyo. What are you going out there to achieve? Yeah, so I, th- I think for me, it's, I want to go there knowing that I've done absolutely everything to be the best prepared that I can possibly be. Um, I think in the past, I've definitely focused very much on the outcome. Um, and I fixated on what that o- outcome, what that colour of that medal is. And throughout my journey, I've realised that that is something that you can't control. And the more you fixate on it, the more you just beat yourself up if it it doesn't go your way. So it's very much about going out there and just making sure I focus on that process and the outcome will take care of itself. And do you and Dave talk about both being medalists? We don't actually really talk about it. I think it's obviously both of our dreams um it would be an absolute dream come true for that to happen um but it's not something we necessarily discuss claire an honor to present this podcast with you a world champion we wish you and all of your paratriathletes success of course in tokyo stay safe out there as well won't you thank you very much really appreciate that The rescheduled Tokyo 2020 Paralympic Games will be staged from August 24th to September 5th, with the paratriathlon taking place on two days of the August bank holiday weekend at the Adaba Marine Park. Tokyo is eight hours ahead of us here in Great Britain, so the event actually starts on Friday, August 27th at 10.30pm, and the same time again on Saturday, August 28th. The course is a 750-metre swim, 20-kilometre bike ride and 5k run. Michael Taylor and PTS2 world champion Fran Brown will be the first Brits in action overnight on Friday, August 27th. And then Dave, Alison and Melissa all in action and hopefully all on the podium by 3am UK time. George, Claire and Lauren compete for PTS5 gold overnight Saturday, August 28th. Channel 4 have the broadcasting rights for the Paralympics in the UK if you want to watch all this on the telly and you can get so much more on the new dedicated Paralympics page of the British Triathlon website, britishtriathlon.org. 230 or so British Paralympians from 19 sports will make up the British team in Japan at the Paralympics. Rio was record-breaking for Paralympics GB historic for British triathlon. I'm really looking forward to being able to do that again, like just getting the kit and that sort of sense of feeling like you're one big squad. It's going to be probably one of the best experiences of my life, I imagine. Just been trying to get back to the pinnacle of the sport for a few years and finally to get there is just such an honour and so happy. So good luck to the eight para triathletes looking to triumph once again in Tokyo. Sports Social Podcast Network.